0: Previously on the first line edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Uh, you know, uh, the guy kind of falls a little bit and then and on, on the rebound, Kane kind of catches him in the face. I don't kind, kn- of, kind of catches him oh, in the sorry. face, <laughs> He ca- definitely catches him in the face. Oh, my but, Lord. <laughs> and I don't think San Jose is just going to roll over and not be able to compete. I see this going at least six games. I'm going to call it Vegas and six.
1: I have a little more faith in Winnipeg than that. I think Nashville needs all seven. Winnipeg needs seven? No, Nashville needs seven. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> Winnipeg keeps it close, but Nashville, oh, okay. Nashville's going to need all seven. I have more faith in that. Oh, I think so, too. I think and I, you know, I think the, the last two series to start uh, are the ones that are going to be the
2: two most entertaining of the of the second round. Um, you know, I was on record saying whoever won the Boston-Toronto series, and I did predict seven games, and I did predict Boston, the winner of that series goes to the Cup. The rest of the East didn't matter. Welcome in to another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Adam Minnick here, your host, along with my co-host up in Minnesota, Lonnie Goldsmith, and our best double shifter that we have here at ProHockeyNews.com, our our producer, First line host, all that good stuff, Richard Cote. Gentlemen, how are we doing uh, as we record on the start of the final four? The, it's, it's the Eastern Conference here on Friday, the Western Conference tomorrow. We're down to four, boys.
1: It, it feels like we've been doing this playoff thing forever. <laughs> it sure does, but it's
0: so exciting.
1: You know, and I think part of it might stem from the fact, and we talked about this two weeks ago, that the first round was just so uninspiring, uh, but... This round was great. This, uh, everything you would hope for when you get to this stage in the postseason, this, uh,
2: this second round delivered. It was everything the first, series, uh, first round was not. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was absolutely a great second round. Um, and, you know, really, you know, just as I predicted... I mean, Winnipeg, Vegas going for the West crown. I mean, who didn't have that? <laughs> I mean, I mean, let, let's be honest. As going into the regular season this year, this was everybody's pick was Winnipeg and Vegas, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But this is the I, obvious. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah no this is the obvious. And there. then in the East, um, hell froze over because the Capitals beat the Penguins. So that's weird. Um, and then uh, Tampa beat, beat Boston. So um, yeah, I, I mean, just... Now, here's the thing, not a lot. So Tampa, I think a lot of people probably predicted Washington's always up there. Some people did predict Winnipeg. They had a good year last year and they had a good run this year. Everybody was questioning goaltending, not their back end, but their goaltending. But when you look at the standings in the the seven game series, the best team rises out of the, the top six teams in the league. Four of them are in the final four. So really no upset, no, no real shock, if you will, if you take it from the start of the playoffs, in my opinion.
1: I think so too. I, you know, I do think that, um, yeah, obviously, you know, Winnipeg has got home ice for the conference finals. Uh, cause they finished ahead of the, of Vegas and the standings in through the regular season. So yeah, there really, there was never a lot in between Winnipeg and Nashville. I think Nashville was such a heavy favorite because they were the, they're the defending West champs and they, their play throughout the regular season showed There was no hangover, but, um, they, they got worked in the
2: series, though. Let's talk about game seven. I mean, it's fresh on our mind because it was last night. Um, I, did, I mean, I, I'm going to ask it. Did, did Peter Laviolette <laughs> panic after the second goal last night? Yes,
0: I, I, I disagree. Um, you, you have, uh, you know, a really great goaltender in, in uh, Pecorine, and he has not been up to par. The entire series, he has left let some soft goals in, and you could tell that that second goal, uh, it was starting to get into his head. So I think he made the absolute right decision to put Soros in and replace uh, Rene in the net. That's you know that's what the backups there for, especially in the game seven. What do you have to lose? Well,
2: do you see? I think the first goal was softer than the second goal, though. I thought the. I mean so if, if you don't I mean the first one was soft the second one was kind of a fluky bounce it, yes it, it should have been stopped initially but I mean if if you and if you put in Saros then aren't you sending panic all the way down the bench I, I don't think you're sending
0: panic down the bench I think you're you're sending a message that you know if if you don't come to play that you know this is it because it is it's game 7 this is a must win so uh, if you're not ready to, to use all the weapons in your arsenal, then you, know, you shouldn't be there on the bench.
1: I, you know, I just think 10 minutes in was just too early. Now, Rene, he was just bad in this series, um, especially at home, courtesy of ESPN Stats and Info. Uh, in the second round, he won in three at home with a 493 goals against, an 848 save percentage, and he was pulled early in three of four games. Um, on the road, two and one, uh, 2.01 goals against, and a nine forty five percentage and coming off a, you know, what I thought would have been a, you know, series defining shutout in game six when Winnipeg had a chance to close it out at home in front of the white out. I think, you know, he's going to be your Vesna winner when they do the awards, you know, after the Stanley cup, I think you've you give him the opportunity to write the ship because it wasn't as much him as what was going on in front of him. They got worked by Winnipeg in six of the seven games.
2: Here's here's Lovelet's quotes after the game. It's difficult. This isn't about pecs. Like I said, it was some tough bounces and you become limited with what you can try and change to the game. UC or juice Saros has done some good job all year, but Pex has been the backbone of this team. And the reason why we're here, he panicked. I mean, you, you, I know you're saying the right things after the game, but if it's not about the goalie, if it's, if it's about the whole team, why not call a timeout? Then if you feel things are slipping, why not call a timeout? Why? I mean, pulling the goalie to me, it, it to me, it's, it, I think panic stricken down the bench when they pulled the goalie, it's not like there was a jump from the team afterwards. The body language didn't change. No,
0: but they did end up getting that goal on the power play afterwards
2: on the power play. But yeah, even straight. I mean, it, they did nothing on it. I just, I, I don't know. I, I think he panicked. I think Laviolette, a guy that's won a cup. Um, I think he panicked.
0: No, I I don't I don't see this as a panic. I see this as is the right move. Uh, it's just I mean you have you have, uh, have Renee who has been uh, kind of soft all all series, and you want to, you have him on a short leash because of that. You know he hasn't earned the right to get the benefit of the doubt at least in this series. If they were to move on to the uh, the Western Conference Finals, you know you know fresh slate. You got seven games to to worry about, and um, you know you're not riding. All on one game there,
2: yeah. I'm going to go unconventional, Lonnie. If you if he was on a short leash and he's been playing terrible at home, why not start Sarah
1: Because he just shut out Winnipeg on the road. The one game where Nashville I think controlled the game, um, where Winnipeg didn't have him back on their heels, was he pitched a shutout. I don't think you can. Again, Vesna, winner, the main, the, the key reason why you're in the position, you're in as President's Cup winners and saying, okay, nice job getting it to three all, you know, we're, we'll, we'll bring in if we need to. I don't think you can do
2: that. I, I, I'm not saying you would, but it's just, I don't know. It, It's just not sitting well with me. I mean, it's, I mean, you talk about save percentage and, and, the, and the shot suppression. You can look at everything. You know, Rene had to make 34 saves. In, in that four nothing game that they won. Winnipeg last night only had twenty one shots in the game. Sorry, twenty three shots in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty-three shots. Like, and their last, last game was an empty netter. So, there so you go. four yeah. on so twenty two. I, I mean it was so much lower. The save percentage was down. Sorry, twenty-four officially shots. um I forgot a power play column there. I just I mean, it's not like you can yeah, save percentage is lower. I just, I don't know. I mean, there was so, I was looking at Corsi. I was looking at different analytics, and it's not like they had a bunch of, I don't know. It's not it's not like they had a game where there was a lot of shots and then there was low shots. That's why the save percentage went down. It was all over. I mean, the and really, the winning team had the puck possession throughout the series, and five out of seven times, it was the road team. Handicapping you know, in the post-mortem on the series is as tough as handicapping was before the series. No, like, we we don't know anything except you know, that, I mean, hey, like, Winnipeg, one you know, more game. I games. think
1: I said it a couple weeks ago. Yes, I predicted Nashville was going to win this. I thought it would be six or seven, and I thought it would be tight. But, you know, I said there was a lot to be worried about based on how Colo- based on how Colorado played against Nashville. And it bore itself out. I mean, Winnipeg's size ju- I mean, just worked Um just worked over Nashville and Nashville just, you know, and that's the thing in a short series when things don't start not going your way, there there's limited adjustments you can make. And I just don't think the goaltending w- was it. I think Adam, you're right. I think that's where you use your timeout and, you know, get the team sort of focused because it wasn't all Renee. It was a lot of what was going on in front yeah, it, of him it, or wasn't it, you going say on. It was in front
2: close, of him. but it's like, there were a lot of non, there were a lot of blowouts in this series. A six-two, a four-nothing, a five-one, a seven-four. I mean, oh, that's no, no. It's just crazy to oh, me. No,
1: I, no, no. I. This is the most. No, I thought it would be closer. It was. A, it was one of the more lopsided seven-game series you're going to see. Um. You know, the two game. You know, the the first two games that uh, Nashville won. One was double overtime, which was a must-win at one nothing down in the series, and then the two-one game in Game Four. Um, But yeah, otherwise every you know every other game was uh, you know more you know there was a three goal win, a four goal win, another three goal win, and then and another four goal. The last last
2: three, the last three were all four goal victories. Yeah, game five, six, and seven was all four goals after two one goal games and then two three goal games. Right. I mean, (laughs) it's
1: it's nuts. Yes. I mean, does it mean you know? I I just don't know what it. what exactly it you know means going forward for winnipeg but we know they can score we know they can put up a lot of points and we'll you know we'll see if vegas can hang. yeah
2: so you know now now we go on we'll talk about the western conference finals in a second but you know we switch to the east and i think just as surprising but probably in a a different fashion um pittsburgh lost guys to the capitals
1: that was, uh, I mean, I had Pittsburgh play Nashville in the Stanley Cup final, so clearly I was not expecting that coming. But I'm not sure, <laughs> honestly, I'm not sure anybody else should have been either.
0: No, uh, I, I didn't think that uh, that Washington had it to, to get over the hump on this one, uh, especially this year. I didn't see a whole lot different from, uh, from their team last year. Uh, but, uh, again, Pittsburgh wasn't the same team that, that met up with with Washington in the previous season either. So um, I, I can't say it's it's too surprising, but it is still somewhat
1: surprising. I mean, I think the only reason it's surprising, Adam, is because we all expect this is the hurdle that
2: Washington trips over. Well, especially how the series started, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's – yeah, I just I, – I, lo- I mean, I think it's great. I think, you know, this is – God, we've only – since oh we've only had, what, four teams win a cup? So we're guaranteed to, ha- to have a different team win a cup than we've seen since uh, L.A., yeah. Boston, Chicago, Pittsburgh, right? That's all we've had that's, in recent memory. Yeah, um, Tampa's
0: the only team uh, in the playoffs that has a cup right
2: now. Yeah, um, and that, that is true. Well, I mean, Vegas hasn't not won a cup. Let's throw that out. <laughs> that is not fair. No. Yeah, They've no. never not won a cup.
1: semantics i suppose that is accurate
2: that 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 is accurate yeah they've never failed in any other seasons of winning a stanley cup (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: true they're setting the bar awfully high this season you know it's (laughs) already you know i mean they already had, but now it's you know compounding on itself
2: you know who i feel most sorry for in all this though who's that who seattle oh yeah yeah, uh, the expectations. Oh, poor guys, <laughs> poor guys well, in Seattle.
1: It's not just that; it's that you would you would like to think that the the GMs of the current teams will have learned their lesson from how Vegas, you know, played them.
2: Right? Yes, because because the GMs are all forward thinking, and there's no retreads, and they always look for the. Yeah, come on now.
1: No, no, I'm just, I didn't say they were going to learn their lesson. I'm just saying hopefully they will have learned their lesson.
2: I mean, Toronto will learn their lesson cuz they just hired like a 19-year-old. <laughs> you know, so he'll, he'll video game it out, analytic it out, and he'll he'll get it. Yeah, but. just play some NHL 18, you, you'll get your yeah. your answer there. You could you could be your own GM in that game. <laughs> I'm kidding. Jason Dubas is 32. He just looks 19. God oh, yeah, bless him. Does. Good promotion for him, by the way. Just kind of news out of the playoffs. He's the new GM. Working for Brendan Shanahan up in Toronto. But uh, looking ahead to the conference finals, the Western Conference final, the Eastern Conference final, tonight on Friday, Washington starts at Tampa in the traditional 2-2-1-1-1. Saturday night, the Vegas Golden Knights at the Winnipeg Jets, both teams in their first ever conference final there. Um, Tampa Bay, Washington, both have been there in different eras. Let's, uh, let's, start, let's start on the right coast. What do you guys think out east? Uh,
0: I'm, I'm still impressed with Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I called them to, to make it at least to the uh, Eastern Conference Final. Uh, I believe I called them to make it to the Stanley Cup Final, eventually losing to Nashville, which isn't going to happen this year. Uh, so I'm wrong on that front. Um, but I'm, I'm still impressed. They, they went into Boston, and they, they seem to not be shaken up by anything that, that Boston threw at them. Uh, Boston looked a little, you know, sluggish and lethargic, but uh, Tampa was able to keep it physical, keep it fast, and yeah, they can still score at the drop of a hat, which is uh, pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, I, um, I just, I think Tampa probably, you know, for similar reasons why I thought they'd beat Boston, is they got the better goaltending, and I think um, that that still holds. I think you know, Holtby is showing why he should have been the goaltender when the playoffs started, because I know that was a long time ago, but I think, you know, just to refresh people's, you know, refreshing people's minds. Uh, he started games one and two on the bench f- against Columbus before um, coming off and wi- ripping off four straight wins there. Um, but I think that Tampa Bay played a really, really complete series um, to beat to- pretty tough boston team who had been firing on all cylinders um i i think tampa's just too composed at this point they've um uh, they've advanced further recently they know how to get it done to get at least past this round
2: yeah I, i'm looking God, i gotta hate when we all agree it really makes for bad podcasting <laughs> um here's but here's my reason backstrom's not at 100 he's he's day-to-day he's game time decision you know it, You don't come, the hand, potential bone break, bruise, you don't come back easy from that. You need your hands in hockey. Without him playing at his best, Ovechkin's not at his best. That's a big problem going against a team with the speed and the depth of Tampa. I think the Backstrom injury is going to play a huge role in this series. Even if he plays, he's not 100%. There's going to be a little pain or less feeling in the hand if they, you know, give him a cortisone or whatever, you know, whatever it is. I think that can't be overlooked. Holtby's playing well. Vasilevsky's playing well. Washington has to potentially steal the first two games. They've got to ride the high because it was a big emotional high. What worries me in front of game one is you come off that adrenaline high. Yes, you're in the conference final. You should be excited. But it's not Pittsburgh. It's almost like, did you get over the hump and you spent everything you could and now you've got to get back up for it? I know it sounds ridiculous because you're in the final four, you know, in the playoffs, but to me, the backstrom injury and maybe just too much of the adrenaline going out in the last series of getting over that hump makes me think Tampa has the edge. I
1: think so too. Also, uh, one other injury note is, uh, Burakovsky is also a game time decision for Washington for game one. So, I mean, that's two forwards. You just, you don't want to be without, uh and again, like you said, Backstrom and his you know how he sort of helps make Ovechkin go. You, you can't really afford to be without those guys.
2: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. So you look there. So I think so. I'm I'm gonna say it goes. I think this one, if Backstrom plays in all games, it goes seven. Otherwise, I think it's a six. I think Backstrom can push it to a game seven. I think that's how much of a difference maker he is.
0: Even if he's not in game one, you think it it's just going to go six. I think it's six if he's not in game one. Yep. Okay. Um, I, I think it's going to be very telling if he's not playing game one, how well Washington plays uh, win or lose. Um, it's just gonna be very telling of the series, how well they can play without Backstrom. Uh, it, you know, if they fall in a close game without him in game one, have him ready for game two, I think it could possibly go seven games.
1: Yeah, I was, I think it's going to go seven. Um, I think if you know without Backstrom, even if he's not in game one, I think they can figure out they can figure out ways to get Ovechkin going. You get those games at home where you get matchup advantages. You know, I think Ovechkin certainly has the skill set to carry them to three wins at home. It may be a home ice kind of series, but uh, I think it's going seven.
2: And in typical shocking NHL fashion, I can't believe that the game two, the Sunday game, which is in primetime, is on NBC S N, That they're not throwing it on NBC in the states or finding a way late afternoon. Uh, you know, I know there's there's golf going on, but Ooh. With, with with an eight Eastern start, I'm just I'm shocked that you've got Ovechkin and Tampa. I know, and not the best TV market, but once again, on on the cable, not the broadcast. Well, the the players championships going to
1: would get better ratings than the hockey anyway. Oh,
2: uh, I, I know. I just, in prime. You can't <laughs> fit on after it, I guess. I just, uh, we'll see, you know, it's easy yeah. it, 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 West, the fun one. Um, I mean, I, I'm this to me is more fun. I mean, the, the stories are better. Uh, you know, TV ratings won't be as good because you only get one city instead of two, though. I think Vegas will carry it. You look at some of the times they've, uh, they're going to play real early, in Vegas, on a Friday, they're going to play at a 5 p.m. Friday start local time because they're going to put it on an 8 p.m. Eastern time on a Friday night, which I think is great. A um, couple of the weekday games they're doing at 9 Eastern. Fine, that's still you know early out there. But Vegas at Winnipeg, the ratings have been great for Vegas. It's a great story. Winnipeg with the whiteout. Temu Solani, I'm guessing, will be shown on TV about 62 more times. The only problem with this series is, oh, my God, we're going to get more Jeremy Roenick shenanigans in these two cities.
0: I I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I have actually been really enjoying his uh, little series with the fans. Uh, It just, you know, call me a sucker for that. I just I like watching uh, watching them have fun out
2: there. There is there is one good thing about it, though. It means he's not on the desk.
1: I was just gonna say if, if he's doing shenanigans with the fans, he's not talking hockey. And anytime he's not talking hockey, he's good with me. <laughs> uh,
2: so you've got you know you've got a goaltender that has his name on the cup three times, responsible for about one and a half of them. Versus a goalie that I still don't have confidence in, and what you know, I, I know I'm not a big Hellebuck fan. You've got probably the best defense left in Winnipeg, the most, not the deepest, but probably the most balanced team up front in the playoffs in Vegas. But Winnipeg with home ice, are they the much better team?
1: I think Winnipeg, if they didn't have home ice is the much better team. Um, I think they're, you know, I said it going to the last series, their size is so imposing. Uh, and they really turned that. I mean, they made Nashville play so undisciplined. You know, I'm thinking of that game three where they just took dumb penalty after dumb penalty after dumb penalty. And the next thing you know, it's 7 2. I mean, they just, they can make you pay uh, from so many different so many different spots on the power play, they, they can they can hurt you. And they're so the skill set of the guys that with you know, the hands of from guys that are that big are so un, I think underrated. I think part of it is because they're in Winnipeg and they sort of goes uh unnoticed.
0: Yeah. Um I, I, I don't know what to expect out of this series. Um you know Vegas has been surprise after surprise during the regular season and then during the playoffs. Um, but, I mean, they did play a San Jose team who is going to be nothing like Winnipeg. Um, you're, you're right. Winnipeg just, like, faster, stronger. Uh, they, they brought a real physical element to their uh, series um, against Nashville. And I don't know if, uh, yeah, if, if Vegas has the discipline to stay out of the box because that's going to be the, the big issue.
2: Does Winnipeg have the ability, and only – one game it's happened in the five in the playoffs. Small sample size, but even in the regular season, phenomenal home record. Does Winnipeg have the ability to win in Vegas multiple games?
0: Oh, I I
1: think so because I think they can take they they can take one of the two there, and I, I part of it is because I just think that the the atmosphere of the buildings they've played in are certainly comparable to everything you're hearing about Vegas. Um, The X is great when they played Minnesota Nashville puts on a show.
2: They weren't, they weren't overawed by that at all. Vegas is different. That's what we're learning this year. I, I almost think, and and I hate to do this in the first two games, but part of me feels that games one and two are must wins for Winnipeg. Both one and two. Yes. Hmm. Going to Vegas with a split, it's a very easy come home down 3-1. It is. It's not out of the question. Yeah. No,
1: I i, I mean, I think at this point you don't, you know, if you're that home, you've got the first two games at home. You want to get your, you want to get out to a good start. I mean, that's, I don't think it really matters any series. You want to take those first two at home. So I don't think it's necessarily a must You know, either way, but, you know, San Jose took a game off them in in Vegas, and San Jose is not, I don't think, half the team that that Winnipeg is.
2: But do you think an 8 Central start in Game 3, so 6 o'clock Vegas time, and I know you only have one day to adjust, there's one off day, it's that Tuesday travel day after the Monday game, and I know Vegas will be there too, but San Jose was in the same time zone, a body clock they started a late game in terms of eastern east coast standards you've got the nine o'clock eastern the eight o'clock central the six o'clock local start that that's a late start for winnipeg their bodies are going to be starting later after only one day off from two home games i think game i mean that game three is a very scary proposition if you're winnipeg because of that
1: it is but it's an earlier start time than Vegas is used to also because in the regular season they're playing games that start, you know, the, what's the reg the regular season home start is what seven 730? seven thirty. So I mean, it's yeah. an earlier start for them. It's both teams are adjusting to a weird body clock situation.
2: So I, yeah, th- I think I think I think
1: you're taking too. I think you're reading too much into okay.
2: that. I I think one hour earlier is easier than two hours later in the body mindset. Yeah. I mean, I, I, nap time is important for these guys. And that, you know, that, that, that screws up nap time. When you're, you're starting earlier than you use you're late, you know, you're earlier, but you're actually later in your body. It's these guys are creatures of habit. So it, does it come down to, I mean, is it as simple as saying it, it's all about flurry? And if the flower blooms, they go to the cup. And if he wilts, they don't.
0: I think it's going to ride very heavy on that. I don't know if that that's it. You know, that's the say all end all. Um, but I, I think if you were going to divide it up, you know, percentage wise, you know, how much of it's going to be Flurry, how much of it's going to be the rest of the team? I, yeah, majority sixty forty, I think.
1: I would actually say it's uh, going to be less on Flurry and more on the defense. And how do you cope with Winnipeg style of play? They get up and down on you. They, they're aggressive. Um, they'll hit you. You, if they can cope with that, then. They're giving Flurry opportunities to see the puck. You know, when he can see the shot and square up to it, he's really good, as he showed throughout his you know career and certainly this season. So, you know, I think it's it's not totally. It's less about him than it is, I think, about the the guy, the
2: skaters in front of him, in the back line. It's interesting. I um, I'm going to put on Flurry. I think that he is. he's the difference. Either way, I think it, it, the, the entire series rests on him. That's going uh, to be my thought on this series. Um, I, just, I mean, Winnipeg's just so good top to bottom. They're huge. They lean on you. Uh, I don't know. I, just, I, I don't know where their weak spots are after looking like, after what they did to Nashville. I mean, when they beat them, they beat them handily. I mean, they just absolutely beat the crud out of them. And I'm not sure... Vegas can stay with that unless Flurry is stealing two wins.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely got it. Certainly in him to steal one. I don't know if you know if he's got it for two. But I also, again, I I put it less on him, and it's to me, it's a you know squad effort Um, because you know Winnipeg is significantly better than either of the two teams that Vegas has had to play so far.
0: Well, uh, let's go beyond you know, just him in goal. This is going to be your, your veteran playoff guy on the team. He's going to be the leadership for this team if they're going to want to advance. So I think you know, wh- whether it's he plays well or he leads well, it- it's going to be more on flurry.
1: And I would go so far as to say, that, I mean, he is the veteran guy out of both teams.
0: Yeah. yeah. He's the only
1: guy that's uh, is would be the sort of counterpart for, uh, for Winnipeg. I uh, believe he's the only guy with a cup, uh, only other guy with a cup in the series. At least off the top of my head. Top my
2: head, yeah. 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 Stasny didn't win one in St. Louis. That never happened. You sure. Uh, yeah, no, no, pretty sure about that one. God, you can check that You You couldn't resist, could you? Nope, no. nope, nope. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, had to. You know, it is what it is. Um... No, I So, predictions. Uh, I am
1: saying a uh, little bit out there, but I'm going Jets and five.
0: Whoa! Ooh. Wow! No uh, faith in Vegas. It's
1: no. It has nothing to do with faith in <laughs> faith in Vegas. It's Winnipeg's. I, Winnipeg's made me a believer.
0: All right. Um, well, gut feeling to me of. I think this is going to be a very good matchup. I think both teams are going to come to play. Um, I think it's going to come down to goaltending and I'm going to go with the goaltender who has the most playoff experience. I'm going uh flurry in the, in the Vegas golden Knights in seven.
2: Okay. Well, take taking a seven in the whiteout. All right. Yeah. I don't think it's getting to seven games. I think the untouched Western conference, the, the Prince of Wales? Oh no, I said the Clarence Campbell Cup, right? Isn't that what goes to the West? Yes, the Clarence Campbell yeah. Cup. Yes. yes, is going to be untouched by the Vegas Golden Knights in Vegas in six.
0: Wait, it's going to be untouched?
2: Yeah, because they they don't touch it. Okay, you can't touch it, right? It's bad to touch. Isn't that what? They okay, do? some teams yeah. don't. You know, I think Vegas in six. I'm, I'm Vegas in go six. Guys. Flurry with two shutouts in the series. Mark it down. Ooh. Oh, I'm marking it down right now. Mark it down. Put, put it on the tape. Right okay. there. Bring it back next <laughs> to you. That's what's going to happen. So Lonnie's wrong. We're right, Richard. And that, that's that for the West. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're so scientific about all this. You know, it, you know, I, I could have said that Tampa is going to win earlier because they beat Boston, who I picked for the cup. But then I wouldn't. Then I weren't. Wasn't applying it to the West, so I walked back from that idea. I, I was going to go with <laughs> it, and then it just didn't. Yeah. 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 Smart, smart. So yeah. So we're going to. What's this? You know, Richard's got the tape marked down to see uh, how we were. I will say, um, I was eight for eight in the first round. I don't know if oh. I've ever reminded you guys of that before, but I was eight for eight in the first round. <laughs> How'd you do in the second? I was eight for eight in the first round. <laughs> That's all that matters.
1: I, I I I think everybody was eight for eight in the first round. Oh,
0: there you gotta go doing no, that again. I, I think I, 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 I think I got Columbus going on in the first round,
2: and that that didn't. Happen. Didn't you pick the Devils in the first round too? No. Yeah. No, I picked Tampa, Tampa to go to the Cup. That's no, are you had Columbus? You did have Columbus it- though, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure I had Tampa and three over the Devils if that were possible. <laughs> yeah. it's it's possible it's it's possible well you have to watch the series to do it but you know if you want to make picks go to mybookie.ag it's right on the pro hockey news website there's a little love in there for you if you click from the phn website get a little bonus in there to place your gambling bets at mybooks.ag Pivoting now to the minor leagues where the SPHL has ended their season, the Huntsville Havoc. Congratulations to Keith Jeffries and his entire organization have won the SPHL championship in the Von Braun Center. It's a great arena for hockey, by the way. And then we go up to the double A level in the ECHL. They're in round three where you've got the Eagles, who are leaving to go to the American League, facing long-time, I mean long-time minor league stalwart, the Fort Wayne Comets. Then on the other side, the Adirondack Thunder against very successful franchise, the Florida Everblades. So travel there, not fun for that, that final round. That was after <laughs> a, uh, one of the, uh, a boring second round for the most part. Nobody went longer than six games. There was a sweep and a gentleman's sweep. Uh, ECHL playoffs have just been nuts in terms of, of blowouts. And then as we look to the AHL, who cares who's left? Because there's only one game to talk about that happened on Wednesday. Um, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms beat the Charlotte Checkers 2-1 to one in five overtimes 146 plus minutes of hockey uh,
0: that is almost three full games there that's crazy
2: and what's even crazier when you look at the box score i, I was looking at this a couple of days ago so charlotte 95 shots on goal alex lion made 94 saves in the game and i believe that and that's not even the
0: record for most saves in an AHL no, game.
2: It is not. It is not.
0: No, no, but it's probably his career high. I'm guessing.
2: I'm guessing it's his lifetime high. <laughs> that's a week for some goalies <laughs> to make that many saves in the minor leagues. I mean, think it. You play three games a week. That's a week for guys.
0: <laughs> you, you know what I found the most shocking? Even though
2: uh charlotte
0: had uh the 95 shots and of course only come away with one goal uh lehigh who ended up winning the game only had 53 shots on net the entire did game did you see
2: and did you see the triple overtime shots on goal board the third overtime i should say
0: oh i don't think I, I broke it down to that
2: charlotte had 12 lehigh had one shot in the third overtime oh geez somehow got it to a fourth overtime <laughs> and and they had this is the crazy thing one shot while having two power plays in the third overtime. Wow. How did they win this game? <laughs> Pure luck. Pure luck. And and what's really bad. You play all those minutes. Hayden Fleury and Trevor Carrick, both on Charlotte, their defensive pairs, a minus two.
0: <laughs> but they, had the, the, uh, they were leading the team on shots. No, sorry. Uh, Fleury was in Zykov. Yeah. Uh, we're tied with nine shots. Nobody broke ten.
2: But one hundred and forty-six minutes, I, I, their ice time, way up there, absolutely way up there, and they're a, both a minus two. Poor guys. And that's,
1: and that's <laughs> balanced because every every single skater on Charlotte had a shot on goal.
0: Oh yeah, at least one.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. It, that's uh, yeah. It's a certainly an unusual box score.
0: I think we can I, I, all agree. I just want to know. Oh, like this isn't an elimination game. How many fans actually stuck around to see the five overtimes?
2: Like I saw the video, ah. the lo- so I don't know if they let people move down from the lower bowl eventually, but at least on where the camera was pointed, there was a healthy amount of fans still visible on the video on the HL feed. Like I get sore if I'm
0: sitting for four hours, let alone six, it just, well, oh.
2: there's a bigger problem with this. That's like eight periods of no beer. Sorry, six periods <laughs> in no beer. Exactly. Yeah, six because they, periods they, stop. In, they stop after two. That's six periods in O'Beer no in a minor league game. Oh, uh, BYOB, I guess. That's a lot of no beer periods. The game started at seven o three p.m. Eastern time and went to one o nine a.m. Eastern time. Six hours and six minutes is the longest game length. Fifty three hundred and eighty five was the paid attendance.
1: Do you think? You, do you think they have a you know like if you slip out you know if you let you go outside to have a cigarette, but instead just run out, go get a pint <laughs> of you know some sort of brown liquor and just sneak it back in? Do Do you think you could do that? Because I, I don't know I don't know
2: how else you survived that much hockey without without <laughs> alcohol. And and there's four guys that also deserve a lot of credit. Chris Sklanker, Corey Servet, Libor Sukanek, and James Tobias. Those would be the those are the guys in the zebra stripes. That's a lot of oh, time. Yeah. They were on their feet on the uh, they don't get a shift off. That's a long game for an official. Yeah. That is. So here's my question, when would Brennan scores at at 6 oh no, uh, not, it wasn't Brennan. Sorry. Crucial Meske. Yeah, scored at 648. Are you disappointed it ended because you just wanted to see more as a fan or you're like finally.
0: <laughs> Thank God I can go home. Um I, I think at that point it's just more relief uh depending it doesn't matter which side of the, you know, the teams I'm sitting on or rooting for it just you know, at, at that point, after after four overtimes, it's like come, somebody just score. This isn't an elimination game. You know, we're going to Game Seven. Just somebody score.
1: Well, I agree, especially since it really does. You know, like Richard, you said, it, it doesn't really matter who won because you know you're the answer to a trivia question either way. <laughs> right? Yeah. Win or lose, this game is being remembered. So, you know, does it? I don't. You know, obviously, you'd always rather win than lose, especially in this situation where it's a. Uh, best of seven series and the the win puts lehigh valley up 3-1 uh you certainly would rather it be 2-2 than 3-1 but either
2: way it's uh history being made and you're a part of it the only thing that i'd be disappointed about is i would have loved to see what happens on the shots on goal board if it goes to triple digits oh yeah <laughs> is is there room on the digital display because it, it it's the way the graphics are. Are they prepared to go to 100 and move the zeros over and scrunch it <laughs> in? You know, it's I, it, I mean,
1: I suppose it depends on how modern the scoreboard is at the uh, at the right. Bojangles Coliseum.
2: <laughs> um that's some good fried chicken don't you knock it unless you've lived in north carolina like i wouldn't,
1: wouldn't dream of it but it's uh like i know at least you know thinking of the old you know joe lewis arena shots on goal board uh there's two numbers there and that's it you're, you're there. it's the old school you know a bunch of light bulbs in there and you don't have room to move it so if it's an older building i don't exactly know how they would go about adding if they got to 100 i was just rooting for them to get to 100 shots on goal just to See if Lion could make, you know, triple digits of saves and break the record. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's absolutely just, I mean, it's a marathon of a game. And, you know, Bo- Bojangles, by the way, I know they have a, a newer scoreboard, you know, the full electronic and all that. But you just wonder, like, in the programming, if if, if you actually, yeah, no, like, once you hit 99, if you hit the plus one, does it revert back to zero? Or is it programmed to go to 100? Because it's hockey.
0: <laughs> or do you get an error? You know, it's just going to say like error across the board. Uh, just just two, break y two k out is what you are saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to see that. Now, uh, I, guys, I'm, I'm curious, and I'm sure I know what sport this is going to be in. But what is the longest game you guys have witnessed in person?
2: In in person? Man, oh, I got to think about. You, you didn't. You didn't pre-show this. I did not. I, I'm throwing you guys on the spot. I got to think. Longest in. I've called. <sighs> Let's see, I've called a double overtime game. I know I've gone to two overtime games. I've never gone to three as a broadcaster. And now, yeah. So that much I know. I've PA'd for a 13-inning baseball game. Um, I've watched an entire major league double header, 18 innings in one afternoon, but that's <laughs> two games technically. Lani,
1: should yeah. jump in here, lying. I know I, I was I was just listening to your role here. I think, uh, it would. I think the only one that I can that, that comes to mind was, uh, a Tigers baseball game at Wrigley in two thousand or two thousand and one. Um, it went fourteen or fifteen innings. On a cold, wet June day. But we were in a suite, so we were both warm and covered <laughs> and well and, and, and well say, fed. And,
2: and lubed up. Uh, and well, I, I do know, I, I've spent six and a half hours watching baseball at Wrigley through three rain delays of a Cubs Cardinals game back in 97, summer of 97. But okay. yeah, that, that was a nine inning game, though. It just took forever because of rain, and we were stupid and young and sat in the bleachers and got wet, because why don't you at oh. you know, 18 years old?
0: <laughs> um, how about for you, Kote? Uh, for me, I'm actually I'm going back. Uh, I believe it was uh, in the summer of uh, either 99 or 2000. Uh, it was here in Colorado, but before I was living up here, uh, we were watching a, a Colorado Rockies game, and they were playing against the Montreal Expos. The game went, I believe... 16 innings. The final score was 14-13. The Rockies ended up winning. Um, and uh, what, what sparked this is, you know, fans sitting a long time watching a really long game go. Uh, at one point, there was a Rockies fan who stood up where we were and just started shouting at his team in the 10th inning, "Just let them score so we can go home. So <laughs> And I also got to see Vladimir Guerrero for the first time live, which was uh, just fun to watch.
2: Anytime you get an expose drop in a podcast, it's a win right there. Uh, exactly. Bring them back. We should bring them back. We should bring them back. That's right. <laughs> UP still lives. We got that going for us. So guys, uh, you know, we, we've hit the leagues. We've hit the stuff. Uh, you know, hit us on the Twitter at the, the PHN underscore podcast. Uh, with your longest game that you've sat through in, in professional or amateur sports, uh, or at podcast at prohockeynews.com, it'd be interesting to hear what the fans out there yeah. uh, have sat through in, in terms of that. Um, yeah, I just I, it, I saw that and I was just like, that's amazing. I mean, that, that's a broadcaster's dream and nightmare at the same time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how would you like to be calling that game for six hours? If I was Lehigh Valley,
2: great. Because the win is great.
0: Oh, yeah. If, and that, that soundbite at the end would be
2: played oh, all over. If you're the Charlotte broadcaster, here's the only solace. You got to sleep in your own bed that night. Oh, yeah. Where the, at least you got to go home after that marathon. But, uh,
1: yeah. and at least, Well, I think the, the solace for both teams is that they, uh, they had the extra day off. So the game was Wednesday. They don't play again until uh, tomorrow night.
2: That it, yeah, it's the the, ex, the extra day off definitely helps. Uh, Lehigh up 3-1 on Charlotte. The Marlies, who just lost their GM because he got promoted, swept the crunch in round two. Rockford's up 3-0 on Manitoba. And the Texas Stars up 3-1 on Tucson uh, out in the desert. So you've got... I believe uh,
1: they, they pronounced that
2: Tucson. Is it, is it still Tucson? I, I, I thought I it was Tucson. I, I think they still <laughs> pronounce it Tucson. Oh, okay. So they are almost at their conference finals, barring any, um, I guess, major comeback. You're going to have Toronto and Lehigh. And then on the west side, Rockford and Texas. Uh, So uh, the yeah. So the Flyers are well represented. The Leafs are going to be well represented. The Blackhawks are going to be represented. The Stars are going to be represented yeah, not many teams that made it deep into the playoffs are making it. Their baby teams are making it in the AHL, which I find interesting.
1: No, I was trying to decide. I was trying to figure out if I could, you know, make up something to tie into it, but there's really nothing there. It's good work.
2: (laughs) Nope. Thanks. (laughs) Good job. Appreciate it. You know, there's no better time than right now to get to our parting thoughts. I think because of just that amazing segue. Producer Extraordinary, you're always good for the tidbits. Um, You know, you don't get to tell stories to begin our show like you do the other show. I, you know, I don't want to steal content from 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 the blue side of things. Uh, You know, so your parting thoughts in story form, of course, the way you always do it, Richard.
0: Oh, my parting thought in story form. Unfortunately, I don't have a good story for my parting thought, but. Uh, as we record this ahead of Mother's Day, I just want to wish all of those mothers out there happy Mother's Day. Um, I know it's a really hard job, and it yes, it is a job, uh, to raise children. So happy Mother's Day to my mom, uh, to my sister Kim, and to my sister-in-law, Patty.
2: Yeah, follow that up, Lonnie.
0: <laughs> um,
2: I, I can't
1: i would wish my i will wish my wife a happy mother's day although i know she doesn't listen um and my mom a happy mother's day and i'm not sure she listens either uh i do want to uh we do want to say we are um on friday uh late afternoon about to to leave our house in the north suburbs to drive very very far to the very south suburb, suburban um Twin Cities area where my daughter will play and her, my oldest will play in her first uh, lacrosse game of the season so good luck to the uh, to, to her and her squad uh, getting going to uh, this weekend for her where we where she will play four games in four days she's a trooper
2: there you go. And, and congratulations to the snow melting so you can actually play outdoor sports there now <laughs> it took a lot longer than it should have.
0: And I, I, can't believe I forgot this. Speaking of uh, people who listen to the podcast, and uh, forgive me for doing this, uh, my mother-in-law Debbie, Happy Mother's Day! There, <laughs> she is an avid listener of the podcast.
1: <laughs> one of the, one of the women in your life listens, and you almost forgot her. That would have you, you would never have lived that down.
0: I, I know. So uh, uh, apologies there.
2: <laughs> I am not saying Happy Mother's Day to anybody associated with me because I know they don't listen. <laughs> and now they, now I know I'll get an email if sent, or talking to, if I, they do listen. So I'm not wishing them a happy mother's day. Cause I know they don't listen. And Lonnie, no You cannot text my wife.
1: Uh, I wouldn't. I, okay. I, yes, I, I
2: you will. I won't
0: now. <laughs> See, Lonnie, he, he held you to that, so I, I can't you know email her and just say hey. I certainly,
1: Richard. I certainly you know wouldn't consider. Stop it. his wife's number though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh God. I think tonight everybody should go out, give their get their favorite ice cream cone, get a scoop of ice cream put it on a cone, and give it the biggest lick you can. Do you know why? Why? Because Brad Marchand turns 30 today. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy the conference finals, everybody. We will talk to you next week on another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast.